a couple other things that we talk about are we cannot afford to be a tough professor. We have to find a way to teach them. So we got to be great teachers of detail and classroom teachers. So we got to number one, know our subject. And then really the most important thing is how our players learn. Today's episode is taken from Lawrence First and Goal and Randy Bates, the defensive coordinator at Pitt's first half of his talk where he focuses on their defensive philosophy, the things he believes in, and especially things that you need to do as a teacher of the game. He is an educator himself, has a master's degree in education, and he shares some very important tips in whether you are educated as a teacher or you're a person who is a coach and hasn't had that training. I think the tips that he shares here for effectively using your time in meetings and classroom time are gold. So be sure to check out his entire talk on CoachTube. The link will be in the show notes. Here's defensive coordinator at Pitt, Randy Bates. I'm excited to share some of the drills and ideas that we do at Pitt. I appreciate John Luce letting me do this clinic. So at Pitt, I'd like to first talk a little bit about our defensive objectives. Number one there, as you can see, we like to be the the best developmental staff in the country. We take pride in recruiting young men and hanging with them and teaching them and continuing to trust that they'll continue to get better. We believe in this day and age with the transfer portal and young men leaving early and some, quite frankly, some schools asking the kids to leave early. We believe that our investment in these young men at some point will pay off. And I'll show you a screen next that'll show you why we believe that we're doing a good job of that. Second, we talk about eat on defense. Eating for us is execute, attack, and trust. And eating is the way that we like to play. When you define eat for us, it talk about teach aggressive technique and tackling, TFLs and sacks. We've been in the tops in the country in all those categories for quite a while, at least the last three years for sure. And uh, we, we really spend a lot of time talking about attacking and eat is the way that we speak about that with the players. And then we talk about being a great tackling team. I'm a old style coach and we tackle every day. Even when we're not in pads, we work on angles. We do something in the form of tackling every day. And then lastly, running to the ball, BIA, which I've stolen from many people in the past, which is best in America. We try to ingrain in our kids that when people watch us on tape, they go damn and they think that we are one of the best teams in the country in running to the ball. And we try to stress that we work drills and then we grade them on that as everybody else does. But we certainly accentuate the positive of kids running to the ball. And then lastly, turnovers. We talk about daily. Our discussion this year, we went up significantly in turnovers and we went up significantly in wins. We had quite a few interceptions, but we did not get enough turnovers in causing fumbles. So we're spending a lot more time talking about that this year. And I have some drills to show you coming up. When you talk about investing in the players and being a great developmental program, here's a good slide from last year. At Pitt, we had only 
when you look at it overall, we had six kids picked in the draft. And you can see the teams above us in number of picks in the draft. But as you can see, we had zero five-star guys and nine four-star guys. Everybody above us had quite a few more as you look at it. So we believe we're doing a great job. I believe our coaches are doing a great job of teaching these young men how to be great players. And then we're developing them into NFL football players. It's also quite a help that the Pittsburgh Steelers are in the other half of our facility. So our young men get to watch them every day practice as we walk in, they're walking out and the Steelers are kind enough to let our players sit and watch them practice. The next thing that I would like to talk about is some coordinator suggestions. Me being the coordinator, a couple of things that I like to do with our players is I like to empower our coaches. And what I mean by that is I like to let them be the head coach of their position. I dislike micromanaging them. I'm going to let them make the decisions for their room. And then if there's an issue where we're not totally coordinated, we'll come in and talk about it as a staff. But I like for them to be empowered. I like to guide the ship and uh, not each room individually or each player. So I'm going to guide our coaches and coach our coaches more and do less individually in their room and walk in and disrupt the room. And then I will, like I said, I call it guided discovery, but I'm going to have the coaches come in and we're going to work through issues as an entire group. Also, I'm going to ask and expect an opinion from our coaches and quite frankly, from our players. And one thing that you have to be careful of is don't ask if you don't want to know and really get an answer that's different than you, what you expected or what you wanted. And there's been many times over my career that I thought one thing and our entire staff felt other. And quite frankly, when I was an early coach, I still went with myself and I found over time that we have a great staff and I need to trust them. And if everybody feels the same way, then I'm certainly going to go with the consensus for the most part. And then we are going to include the players in decisions. I just had a senior meeting with our seniors this year, and we're talking about things that we want to do, things that they want to do to make our defense and make our team better. So asking them, uh, we were playing North Carolina State. It was fourth down and 10 this year on a Thursday night. We were in overtime and we had a timeout and I had our coaches, I'm in the press box, ask the players what they wanted to run. It was a pretty much a consensus what they wanted to run and we ran it and it, we intercepted the pass and won the game. So I found over time that those guys on the field have a much better feel at times. And then really more than anything, I have a vision for our defense, how we're going to play, how we're going to run to the ball, all those kind of things. And really that's my job to ingrain that in our coaches and let them go to work in their room. We want to be the most aggressive defense in the country. And that's what we strive to do. I believe over the last three years, we have statistics that show that we are pretty darn close to that. If we aren't the number one, we've led the country or been second all three years in sacks, tackles for loss and turnovers. So we're in that area and we keep striving to be number one in all three.
we also have some unique things. We have, you know, there's the turnover chain and many things like that for us. The players actually came up with a, we have a basketball rim on a stick. And when we get a turnover, they go over and slam the football. And uh, quite frankly, Coach Narduzzi thought it was probably kind of silly when we first came up with it. But now I would say it's become something that we enjoy. And I know the players really like it. Next, here's something that I talk to the players a lot about. This is a Bill Belichick comment, but it's something I actually even talk to our players about today. We talk about creating value for the team and for yourself. And Coach Belichick, who I've known for a long time, usually calls me about our prospects going to the NFL. And he talks a lot about the but and the and. And really what we're talking about here is a young man who's a great football player who's led the country in sacks and can run and can jump and is very athletic. And then comes the butts. He's a 1.5 student. He's been thrown in jail. He doesn't go to class. Yada, yada, yada. Many butts. And those butts bring you down. And right now with the combine going on, those are the things that they are asking and looking for in the NFL. They're looking for ways to scratch guys off the list. And then the ands are, he is a leader. He is a captain. He's a 4.0 student. He's a student of the game. Those are the things that I talk to our players about being all the time. And we want the ands, not the buts, obviously. Some teaching philosophies that we talk about here at Pitt. I've been blessed to have my master's in education. So I spend a lot of time talking to our coaches about how to teach and be better teachers. And so really the number one thing that I work on is the fact that when we leave our staff meetings, which I don't coach a specific position, but Sometimes coordinators forget that the most important part of the day are the meetings with the players. And you want your coaches to be fresh and prepared. And you can't meet till two minutes before their their meetings and expect them to be prepared. And so I like to have them have time to prepare their meetings so that they're prepared. So I demand of them that they have on the board when the players walk in, anything that they're going to teach. Have the computers turned on, have the video up, ready to go, because we only have a limited amount of time to coach these young men. And every minute that we are wasting of their time hurts us as a football team. A couple other things that we talk about are we cannot afford to be a tough professor. We have to find a way to teach them So we got to be great teachers of detail and classroom teachers. So we got to, number one, know our subject. And then really the most important thing is how our players learn. One thing that I believe we all know is that we walk into a classroom and you may have the 4.0 student going to Air Force or at Air Force. And then you may have that student with many learning disabilities, issues, slow reader, whatever it might be. So you have to teach in multiple different ways. That's far more important for us as coaches because when we get to the point where we're getting evaluated, it's in front of multi-million people 
on national TV or thousands of people, whatever your level is, and we can't afford for them to make a mistake. Whereas the average professor at a university, if he flunks 50% of his students, then they're just tough professors. If we flunk one of ours or one of ours flunks out on the field, we may very well lose our job. So I demand and we demand of our coaches and our teachers to do a great job of attention to detail. So we get into great detail. I also talked about them being fresh and enthusiastic. You got to bring it when you get to the classroom. We're blessed to be practicing in the morning, but if you are practicing in the afternoon, you're talking about a young man who's fatigued. You got to get him excited again. And really, if you practice early in the morning, you got to wake them up sometimes. The other thing in being a multiple teacher, we talk about a few different things. Number one, we try to teach in seven minute segments. The reason I believe seven minutes and maybe it's even less is that men, when they sit on the couch and watch TV for a 30 minute session or a 50 minute session, what happens every seven minutes, at least for me at my age, is that it's commercial. And I have three daughters and they alert me all the time. I never watch commercials. I'm either changing the channel. I'm usually getting up to get something to eat. So I don't sit through it. I believe our young men have been ingrained. There are no more than five to seven minute attention spans. So you have to bounce around a little bit with how you teach. So one thing that I believe in is a handout. I believe the way I call the handout is it's shitter material. And one thing that we know about men is they sit on the toilet and read. So I have our young men take our handout and put that in their book bag and pull that out at night before they go to bed and read it. Maybe all day long, they've been thinking about something and they come back and they read that. Maybe it'll, the light will turn on. Also, we would have it up on the board. Now, what we would have up on the board is the same thing as the handout, but I believe it should be written differently. For me, having a graduate assistant who wants to be a coach, I have the handout written by the graduate assistant. That way it's written about the same material, but possibly in a different way. And the way I may teach it on the board may be different than that graduate assistant wrote it. And hopefully one of those two ways our young men figure out what we're trying to teach them. The next thing obviously is to watch videotape. Now the really the unique thing about watching video is a lot of times you're watching a video of somebody other than yourself trying to do whatever you're trying to get executed or taught. And so I think the big thing is you teach through that, but then it's very important that you get them on video during the day watching that video of themselves. And then that would be number five as we come back. But number four then is we're going to go out and walk through the exact same stuff. A lot of young men at this age really learn more by walking through it than reading it. And then lastly, we're going to have them go out. And I, I usually write it as screwing it up. That's being negative. But however they get it, we get it on tape of them executing it. And then we come back and watch it. And one thing that I've found over time including with myself, if you think about it, when you watch home videos of your family, normally you're looking at yourself and going, geez, I didn't realize I had that little hair or I didn't realize 
I look that fat or that skinny. You're really looking more at yourself. So the more we can get these guys on tape of themselves doing it, the more important it will be and the better they will learn from it. So I believe that our kids these days learn in many different ways and we have to teach in multiple ways so that these guys will learn. So a couple of teaching musts, you have to have it prepared before the meeting on the board, projector, et cetera. I talked about that. Ask, then call. One thing that I learned a few years ago, when you stand in front of a room of 10 or 12 kids and you say, Jim, what is this or that? Then you have had the rest of the room disengage from the question. But if you ask the question, what are they doing in iPro? And then pause for a second and then call on Jim. The entire room is thinking of the question. And I believe that's a much better way to teach if you can do that. Demand prep from the players. Make them bring pencil, paper. They may have homework that they have to do beforehand. They may have to watch a cut up. They may be watching certain, certain things. And again, getting back to me with guided discovery, I like to have those guys do homework on their own, on their own time. So when they come in, they've kind of taught themselves what you want them to teach. It might be 10 clips of iPro and the team is running 70% of the time, they're running power to the tight end. So hopefully they come in, they've watched that. You ask them in a meeting, guys, you watch that cut up, what are you expecting? And they would hopefully kick back to you. I would expect an iPro power to the tight end. And then lastly, move around the room, ask questions, check their homework, check what they're writing in their books. We are blessed with them taking notes that we have iPads. So I asked them to even email me or ask one person to email me after each meeting so I can check how they're taking notes. Here is what a homework might look like. So there might be eight, 10 plays of iPro in this case, have them draw up the, the 10 plays in detail, who's blocking who, where they're doing it on the left, and then to the right are some diamonds. That might be the handout on some things that we would expect them to know. A diamond for us is something that's over 70% of a tendency. Okay, some tendency things we look for position-wise. In this case, our linebacker coach and I look at a couple things we look at. First of all, we're looking and studying at the running backs. We're looking at the depth of a back. Sometimes backs are deeper and they run inside zone. Sometimes they're flatter. They run outside zone. Sometimes the backs will look left and look right, look outside. Any of those things could be keys. Also, we're looking at the tight ends for basically the same thing. Alignment keys. Is there something there? Is he glancing inside? Is he looking outside? Is he lined up deeper, shallower? O-line wise, we're trying to find mismatches. So we're looking for their athletic ability, maybe three-point stance, two-point stance. And then really some other things. Who are their motion guys? Which guy is it? Would he line up outside? And the number two receiver lines up on the line and the number one receiver lines up off the line. That's a key for them motioning. Or maybe it's just their eyes. Maybe it's how one foot is up, one foot is back. We also talk in great detail every week about the, the type of quarterback we're playing. Is he a runner? Is he a drop back thrower? 
multiple type guy, all those things come into how we game plan. When we talk about stance, quite frankly, we don't get into a lot of detail about it. We just want a little bit less than shoulder width apart. One thing we do talk about is we want to pigeon toe our feet together a little bit so we can push off of the instep of our feet as we work at a 45 degree angle downhill. Our keys, we will change our keys significantly week to week, formation to formation, but we will teach offensive line keys, we will teach back keys, and we will teach ball keys. So we teach all three of those phases. The offensive line keys, this would be the number one key. We are kind of an old school read lineman to backs type keys. And then here are the types that we talk about. We got a reach block, a down block, a scoop block, an out block, a pull, and a pass. And those would be how we would react. And we would practice those every day with our footwork. You can see also then we go to the running back keys. With the back keys, we'll teach a dive key, which is a straight A-gap type angle, a belly, a power, and then a flare or a fast key. And that could be either a one back or a two back. More in cases here, we're talking more of an A back or behind the center type situation. Then here we'll also talk about the quarterback key. So some teams you get speed option. In the old days, you'd get veer option, stuff like that from under center. Don't see that too much anymore, but you do see speed option once in a while. Then you see the slow fall, which is more or less a downhill key where we're getting off tackle. Then you're getting counter flow where this, the back steps, brings his back foot, and then counters back. A lot of times with the counter, we'll step. And then if we're getting counter pull, you know, then we're looking for alignment as an under key. And then the last one is the two back gun. There's a lot of times that we'll actually key the quarterback. When I was at the University of New Hampshire, we played Delaware with Tubby Raymond, and they were a wing tee from under center. And we actually keyed the face and the back of the quarterback. As time passed and we got to this two-back gun, there were a lot of times that we were seeing the offensive lineman zone one direction, but the front side of the play where the quarterback faced was the other. And so we have gotten into having the ability to key the face in the back of the quarterback. And then lastly, there's times that we'll key the fullback, we'll key the tight end based on formation tendency, if that is a great key that can take us to the ball. Some great ideas there from Coach Bates on how you coach this game, how you teach this game, and effectively use your time. Speaking of using your time effectively, I want to point you to our partner Recon Sports and what they do to help you better teach the tendencies of the game. Some of the things that Coach Bates talked about here and especially effectively using your time. With this tool and what they do to break down the game, you get extra information without having to put in extra time and it gives your players a visual to learn from that's really gonna cement all those things you're trying to teach them over the course of a week. Check them out at Get Recon Sports and check the show notes for links to a free demo. Follow all we're doing at coachingcoordinator.com and follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.